Conroe. Welcome to a brand new edition of Nerd Thug Radio right here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister station streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. As always, you can check out Facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio. That's where sometimes things happen. I mean, it's sort of like if you're studying climate weather, climate change, you, it takes time to really get into it. Is is that what is that our pitch? Is that the new pitch? <laughs> Nerd Thug Radio. It's like climate change, just not bad. <laughs> it's like good climate change. This is Corey DLG with me as usual, his little brother Nico. That's yeah, good, listen, good climate change here. It's like good climate change. <laughs> it's really slow to get into. It might end the world, <laughs> but we haven't figured it out yet. Oh, I gotta hydrate. That's how it goes here on Earth Thug Radio. Yeah, just like just like the world, hydrate. Just like the world, well. gotta hydrate. That's right. Um, it is Thursday, two o'clock, and we are kicking off the weekend one day early, because that's what Corey DLG does. I am mayor of the weekend. Mayor, you include Friday in the weekend? Um, I do if I'm having a good one. That's fair. I mean, if it's all downhill, then uh, probably not. But you know, if I like sometimes, it, <laughs> is it like? Is it like is it like Y and vowels sometimes? <laughs> sometimes it's like Y and vowels in thirty-one days and months. Right? Yeah, you're like yeah. Sometimes eh, every once in a while we'll throw it out there. There's no consistency to the thirty-one day thing. That's what I've learned. Yeah, no, not at all. It, because like two back-to-back months, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, and then there's like, isn't it like the knuckle thing where it's like? Yeah, that's how you make it because the two raised knuckles will touch, and those are the two thirty-one months. Yeah, that's stupid though. I don't Anything even... you use your knuckles for except tattoos is stupid. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Tattoos are fun. I mean, because it's art. It's it's art, and if you don't appreciate art, you're a louse. Ooh, that's aggressive terms, but yeah, yeah. I, I bring I mean, the words. I, mean, I agree. I'm choppy with them, son. Choppy. We do. We do have to get tattoos. I have to get my first one. Yeah, I'm gonna get a picture of. I'm gonna get a portrait of you. No, no, that doesn't sound desirable at all uh i, I do think i want to get the nerd like radio logo maybe uh as a teardrop <laughs> just directly on your face just the nerd like radio logo but like really small like a teardrop fair enough but one for every year i've been doing the show Ooh, that's a lot of years that's at least five <laughs> so five nerd thug radio teardrops it's <laughs> a lot it's a lot of that's a lot of years don't call me crying Corey. after that and then C- I'll become a murderer. CC baby. CC, what up? I have always wanted a cool sportsy nickname. Yeah, that's fair. When I when I played when I played football, my name was too long, so they just called me DLG or Dela. Dela? Yeah. Um, I was always just Corey. Um I don't <laughs> think they didn't you're even try. You're not even cool. <laughs> well, you gotta remember when I was playing sports, it was like the early nine mid nineties and nobody nobody liked us. They were just like Dela White. Corey, which one of you is Corey? (laughs) Then they were like, oh, the white kid's Corey? Okay, well, at least he's going to understand me when I yell at him. Take a lap, Corey. Oh, Um, man, that does not bring back good memories. (laughs) (laughs) Sports practice is about getting yelled at until you're done being yelled at. Well, it wasn't even getting yelled at. It's more of the racial profile. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's fair. Shout out to especially the only person because, I've ever wanted to physically assault. Especially because you probably weren't great at sports because you had never played them before. 
Right. So I'm I sure was... there was a lot of things you were doing wrong that they just thought you didn't know because of English. Right. Yeah. They just thought I didn't understand what they were saying because I didn't know English. Not because I was a clumsy 14-year-old. <laughs> you had never even watched a football game at that point. Right. <laughs> I love you to death, but when I heard you join the football team, I, I did immediately go, why? Why? <laughs> All right. I wasn't, I wasn't bad either. You know, I told you, you've got the body type for it. You would have made a great defensive end. Yeah, I didn't do that. I was a lineman, and then I was a linebacker because I was cool. The linebacker is like a standing defensive end, though, depending on how they use them. So. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, you've got the long arms, the long gorilla arms. You, you could have been a master at leverage. And then a little work on your hand speed and chops. You, could, you would have been a great, you would have been a great uh, defensive end, man. Would have, would have been a good sportsman. You could have you could have led the high school in sacks. You could have done a cool thing like you were eating a lunch afterwards because of sacked lunch. Yeah, no, I get like, it. You had you had chances, man. You had chances. <laughs> I had really great pun opportunities. You really did. This is really just a crime on your end for missing the punning, <laughs> the punning opportunities. Yeah. Um, it's That's a pun. Right. <laughs> That's really a disappointment of my high school career. The fact that I couldn't make more puns about my high school career. <laughs> That's the letdown. Um, that was the letdown. That's where education led me. <laughs> Not enough jokes. That's fair. That's you know what? You're when you're right, you're right. I can't even argue it. Look at me. I'm just I'm a real comedian, guys. <laughs> um so from there, it's Thursday, so we'll talk a little bit of sports. There's a little bit going on that's interesting right now. I don't believe you. Um, Tell me, and I don't believe you. <laughs> okay, I'll go with this first. The national headline is about a sport that's not even in action right now. The NFL, all right, has their first active, openly gay player. It only took them twenty million years. Well, if you, uh, Michael Sam was a defensive lineman who came out right before the draft. Um. There had already been a little bit of talk that maybe he wasn't that, or maybe he could go anywhere between like round three or not get drafted at all. Like mm-hmm. he was in that middle group of players. And so there was a lot of talk that maybe coming out wasn't the right thing, or maybe it was. He was also doing a reality show following him through that process. And so at the end of the day, the Jacksonville Jaguars drafted him, I think in the sixth or seventh round. And then they, they had a lot of defensive linemen on their roster. So they actually wound up cutting him. And some of the conversation was, did they cut him because he was gay? Um, since then, there hadn't been – This was about that was about six years ago, seven years ago. There hadn't been a player out openly just because nobody was sure. And in, 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 in all fairness, everybody treated it fairly, I feel like. But nobody could definitively say that the reason Michael Sam wasn't in the league was because he wasn't straight. Right, yeah. It was more of a circumstance, plus he wasn't, like, the greatest player ever. Right, like, he wasn't so great that he had to be playing football, so he may, he gave people the ability to be extra hard on him. Right. No, right. no pun intended. Um, Way to walk into that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, Oakland Raiders defensive end, uh, I forget his first name, but his last name is Nasib, and he is a – he has – I think it's 25 sacks in 32 games played over wow. five years. So he's, he's he's not a bad player. He's a rotation guy, but he's coming up. He's figuring it out. He is a, he is a guy on a roster who who is safe for the next mm-hmm. couple of years. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, I don't. And there's no telling what happened behind the scenes, but he decided that his situation was safe enough or secure enough, or maybe he had to. Who knows? 
but he went ahead and came out uh, this la- over the weekend. That's awesome. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, it's a great story for him. It's interesting. The the Raiders have embraced him. Um, several leaders of the team from the locker room have come out in support of him. Um, I I don't. I, I think everything. I think the conversation has moved so much in seven years that it's just not relevant anymore. I mean, yeah, they're super. The sports in general are really late to this party, <laughs> but they were always going to be. Yeah. Sports was always, listen, the NFL locker room was going to be the last place a gay person was going to be openly gay. Um, But now I think the situation is what it is where, listen, since then, since the Michael Sam thing, there's been the bullying um, with Richie Incognito where he bullied a a freshman, a rookie offensive lineman to the point where the, the, the guy quit the league and sued the Dolphins. I mean, there's been a lot of stuff culturally that has started to shift in the NFL locker rooms that they're now at the point that this isn't the culturally dominating thing it probably was a decade ago. Right. Um, moving over to baseball, the effort to get rid of cheaters has already taken a turn for the worse. Yes, because as it turns out, uh, baseball is a slimy game with terrible people, and I hate them all. No, I'm kidding. So, uh, but only I mean, a little bit. Listen, that's not even a bliss. That I don't have a problem with that take at all. Uh, so... <laughs> Two days ago was the first day umpires were officially allowed to start. Like, there could be random checks multiple times a game of the pitchers. It was announced that umpires were expected to do it. Joe Girardi, the manager for, I think, the Phillies, just flat out kept telling the umpire that the that the pitcher, Mad Max Scherzer, was, uh, was using pine tar or using some sort of substance. So he checked them three times in the first three innings of the game. Oh, this is going to be fun. I love when baseball takes even longer than it's supposed to. At the end of, I think, maybe the fourth or fifth inning, Scherzer is walking to the dugout, staring down Joe Girardi, walking back to his dugout, staring down the opposing manager, Joe Girardi. He gets to his dugout, proceeds to hold up his glove and hat to indicate that there's nothing on them, then walks up to the railing with his hands up like he's he's under arrest. Like, he's just taunting him at this point. Joe Girardi loses his mind, jumps onto the field, telling Mad Max, let's go, let's go, like he wants to fight him. He gets ejected immediately for it. Um, Another pitcher literally almost took his pants off on the field, like he dropped trial because they were accused. It was like the second time they checked him already. Um, It's going to be a mess. Now, listen, here's the thing. The pitchers don't have anyone to blame but themselves. The reason they're checking them for cheating is because they've been cheating. That's not for debate. Like, yeah, this isn't. This is definitely a situation of, man, I can't believe there's consequences for my actions. Right, and now they're trying to act like, well, we would never do it. And it's like, well, yeah. the mass well, now, now I'm being harassed. It's like, yeah, it's it's like really <laughs> okay, yeah, sure, thanks, guys. Yeah, you guys changed the rules to catch us. This is crazy, and it's like. Is it? Is it, was it, against exactly? the, it was against the rules to start with, but, you know, it's fine. Now we had to make a new rule because you were cheating so much. Right. <laughs> and what, so, what, are, what are your percentages up by? Like a million? Yeah, yeah we're checking. The spin rate percentages were up 3%, and on one particular team, they were up 7 9%, which was four more than the next highest team or something along those lines. Right. So, yes, it was time to crack down on cheating. The indignant behavior of these pitchers makes the story even more ridiculous. Checking for the pine tar over and over and over does drag the 
slow baseball out even more, this may not wind up being the permanent solution. I don't know what it is though, but it, 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 See, and that, that doesn't work. You have to lull them into a sense of security and then catch them. Yeah, like the first thing you announce, you're going to go after cheaters. Nobody had better cheat, right? Like, that's obvious. Yeah, we're going after cheaters. No one does anything. Everyone's like, oh, I guess they're not doing anything. And then you walk out, and then you're just done. <laughs> well, and Joe Girardi said that he's watched Mad Max play his whole career, and that Max Scherzer in his entire career has never once touched his hair. And all of a sudden, now that they changed the rules... He was running his hands through his hair nonstop. Whatever, dude. It doesn't matter. So he was saying the substance was in his hair or hat. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's a mess. It's a mess. The NBA playoffs are going on. The Los Angeles Clippers are now down two games to the Phoenix Suns. That's right, um, boys. The Phoenix Suns finally making their comeback after like 10 plus years. They literally, at the start of this season, were called by several sports writers the worst run franchise in professional sports. There were actively writers campaigning for Devin Booker to be traded from this franchise out of fairness to his career. And they are now in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how people can even make claims like that when other organizations exist. <laughs> Well, and they hadn't been run well. Like, to be fair, the owner's a jerk if I can't. Uh, we'll bleep that out. Say bleep that out. We'll leave it a jerk. Um, bleep that out. Bleep that out. <laughs> bleep that out. Let's leave in the TV telling you to bleep it out, but definitely bleep it out. But, yeah, he's a, he's a jerk. Um, and so it makes it harder to take that franchise seriously. They've made a lot of moves that are financially cheap. Um, and so, yeah, all of a sudden, they they weren't viewed as a destination franchise. Um like, I understand having lulls and also just being in a bad positions and just also not being the best. But the worst, you got you to look, look at big picture here. Well, listen, the go-to teams have really made an effort to change this last couple of years. The Browns, for a long time, were an easy target. That's not the case anymore. The Bengals aren't as bad as they were. Um, the Colts weren't terrible. Well, the Colts are never poorly run, though. Like, if you, if you signed with the Colts... No one is saying you're going to regret it as a professional. You just won't win. Oh, that's fair. Uh, what's what's a, what's a notoriously bad one? To me, the Browns and the Bengals have been like the icons for it. The Jets are notorious. But the Jets are poorly run. But the problem is they spend a lot of money. So, like, people don't complain. Like, they complain about their decision-making. And they yeah, they're like, this team's terrible. Not that their pay is bad. Right. And the thing about, like, the Suns and the Browns for long, and the Bengals for a long time is that they were just cheap. Um, that's fair. Well, I feel like you have to make much worse like management decisions. Well, but I think there's like I, I think people give credit when you make poor decisions but good effort. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, there's always the case of like the like intention. maybe you're just yeah maybe you're just wrong about the, him being a quarterback, but you're still trying. Right, yeah. Uh, and we can we can judge your uh, talent evaluation and say it's bad, but we don't necessarily have to uh, say you're a poorly run franchise. Like, you're trying. Uh, there are other franchises that give off the impression that they're not trying. For example, in the movie Moneyball, the Oakland A's are kind of portrayed as a franchise that isn't trying. 
they're you know they literally are charging <laughs> they have a soda machine in the locker room and it's not free well david justice comes over on a trade from the yankees where the yankees are actually paying half his salary because they just wanted to get rid of him and he's sitting in the locker room one time hitting a button to get a machine out of the soda machine and somebody else walks by and he goes it's a dollar man and he was like what are you talking about he's like yeah the machine's a dollar and he goes the machine's not free and he's like no it's a dollar and he's like, you have to pay money to get a soda out of this machine? And that's because at the Yankees, yeah, the sodas are free. Um, there's all kinds of stories, like differences amongst teams, like um, uh, my the family friend who was formerly a professional pitcher is married to one of my sister's friends. Um, he talked about, like, on different teams, what they do for lunch, like on doubleheaders and stuff like that. Uh, whereas the Yankees have, like, restaurants – come in and like full menu or whatever you want and they bring everything you know what i mean mm-hmm. other places literally they go and they get hot dogs and chips and bring it in right and so there are franchises that are trying and then there are franchises that are that are trying to make money that's fair i guess i guess i hadn't really thought about all the details and yeah. to be fair i'm not i'm not really i'm not privy to the phoenix suns locker room hate to break it to you Corey. Uh, well, I'm not either, but I'm just blown away by the level of hatred that was facing this squad, and then really <laughs> and then all the, the changes being they in went... the Western Conference Finals, right? And really all the changes they went and got Chris Paul. We picked up Chris Paul, and now we are winners. Now I will say this: Chris Paul is one of my favorite players. Uh, DeAndre Ayton is a first-round pick, I think number one overall, who was starting to develop and Devin Booker is a star in the making and Chris Paul makes them both better. Uh, now there is a story going on that he is considering opting out of the final year of his ridiculous contract. When the, when we, tr- when he was traded from the Clippers to the Rockets, the Rockets did a sign and uh, they, they, mm, they did a handshake wink deal with him where he, he, based on the NBA roster rules, he had to play out his season on the one year he had left. But the Rockets basically told him, if you come here, don't worry. We will resign you at your max value. Uh, allegedly, no one has agreed to that. However, the instant his contract expired, he signed a three-year extension with that with the Rockets that was worth like $108 million or something. Um, so at this point, he is 37 years old. On the last year of this extension – and is is going to be old, owed $44 million, I believe? 42? 44? 42, something like that. Sheesh. Uh, he's considering opting out to sign a new three-year $100 million extension. At the Suns? He thinks with the Suns, but, I mean, no one's... He, honestly, he's played so well, like... Last year with the Thunder, the Thunder were back in the playoffs. Like so, he's done so well the last two years, and with he the Rockets too. He could, he could go anywhere. He kind of could. I don't know who's going to give him the hundred million dollars. That's the thing is there aren't. What teams can afford to give him that money is the issue. Yeah, that's um, true. You may see something like a sign and trade with like the Lakers. Maybe I don't know. Not I don't the, know. Not the Lakers. The La Lakers, but right now the La Clippers are down 0-2 to the Suns. Uh, also, Atlanta is playing the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, and Atlanta won game one. Uh, and Trey Young, who is a star in the making himself, a, a nice young star, 
who has the oldest head of hair looking on a, on a young man's body ever. It's <laughs> He's going more bald than I am, but he keeps his hair that same shaggy style that I have, almost like you do too, but it's it's pretty obvious he's going bald. Like, this is a guy who should shave it, but he just doesn't. What a tragedy. It, it's funny looking on somebody who you know is going to score 40. He scored, I think, 50 in this game one. Uh, <laughs> Good Lord. Including uh, just balls out, nutso, crazy, off the backboard, pass to a, into a dunk. Uh, it's a oh, pick you and love, roll. You love to see it happen. It's crazy. Well, both – okay, the Suns had another play like that too, so hang on. So and then we'll get out of this. We'll get out of sports. Um, Trey Young, there was a pick and roll, and I don't know the name of their center. Uh, it's their backup center uh, because Capella is their actual center, former Rocket. Um, and the center broke hard to the basket, and so did Trey Young. So Trey Young sees him coming, just charging the rim, and rather than try and shoot over his taller defender, he bounces it off of the top of the backboard back down at his center who was already in the air to dunk it. You love to see it. That sounds it was, so cool. It really was. It re- like when you're watching, when you watch it in real time, you're at first you're like, what was, and then he dunks and you go, Oh my, did he just do that on purpose? And then when you see the replay, you can see him summing, like sizing up where he is on the court. And you realize, yeah, he did that on purpose. And you're like, that's yeah. pretty impressive. He's, he's um, just better than you. <laughs> almost as impressive as the Suns game winner in game two, um, where they took full advantage of the LA Clippers being dumb. Also, it's a great play. There's like 0.2 seconds left. Uh, no, 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 no. It, there's still like a couple seconds left, but it's an inbounds and they're running out of time on the shot clock. But also the way the play is designed is uh, Crowder literally just throws the ball at the hoop. And then DeAndre Ayton dunks it. There you go. So it's off of the inbound and passes or inbound balls are live balls. Um, Technically, the rule is if the ball is over the cylinder, it's it's offensive goaltending if someone dunks it. The ball has to come off the rim to be dunked. That's not the case on an inbound pass, though. On an inbound pass, the ball is simply live. So... The Suns run what is clearly a drawn play where they pick off Aiton's guy so that Aiton's cutting free to the rim, and Crowder just literally gives him a free dunk over the rim. Good um, job, guys. And the second he does it, all of the Clippers are standing around pointing at goaltending. Like, when you point down, that's the signal for goaltending. All of them are doing that, and the refs have to get together to remind themselves that it was an inbound pass. And once they do, they're like, yeah, it's a live ball. It's cool. Two points. And that one up game winning two points. Oh my gosh. Everyone on the Clippers was like, well, you can't do that. And everyone on the Suns was like, yeah, we do it every day in practice. Like, <laughs> it's allowed. You can't do that. Yeah, you totally can. Yeah. Um, turns out it's it's allowed. You uh, can't, and I wanna, you can't I skate this, here. I know, right? I want to touch on this story because it's part sports, part pop culture. It is exactly what the Thursday edition of Nerd Thug Radio is about. Blood Who would you it. say is the most powerful social media, economically charged figure in the world right now? I don't know. LeBron James? Hmm. Close, close. Ronaldinho. All right, yeah, I can see that one. 
Did you I was I wasn't I wasn't thinking so globally. Right. My my brain. <laughs> did you hear this story? No, I did not. I didn't know. He sat down for a press conference out of whatever tournament they're in right now, whatever international thing they're doing right now to get ready for World Cupping. Uh and on the on the podium are the three drink sponsors. It's a beer, it's a water, and it's a Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. So he takes the Coca-Cola and sets it down before he begins the press conference. Coca-Cola dropped four billion dollars in market value. Ooh. Ooh. That hurts. One guy. Putting putting a drink on the ground. One guy said, I don't drink Coke and I don't want my image associated with it. <laughs> You'll have to see it happen, boys. Oh my gosh. As much as I do love LeBron James, I don't think he's that powerful. I don't think it does four billion dollars worth of damage to somebody if he if he puts Sprite down. Yeah, I was thinking more like U.S. based, but no, nah, yeah, that I would, you know, sometimes I forget. Oh yeah, soccer's way bigger everywhere else. Everywhere else, four billion dollars. Yeah, and in the same press conference, his teammate who's Muslim and doesn't drink alcohol, he also put the beer down. Uh. They both were reprimanded by, I think, FIFA, because I think it was an international event. Mm. And they were told that you don't, you're not supposed to mess with the sponsor bottles. And then they were like, oh, well. I'm... To be fair, you can tell me whatever you want, but if I'm Ronaldinho, I'm moving whatever I feel like. Right, yeah. <laughs> whatever. Or if I'm, not allowed to, if I'm not allowed to touch the sponsor bottles, I'll just do the interview somewhere else. Turns halfway, so he's covering just the Coca-Cola bottle with his back as he's interviewing everyone else. Or, like, he sets his sports bag down in front of the Coca-Cola bottle or, like, sets his water bottle down in front of, like, any – or just stands up so they're interviewing his face because that's what they want. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. <laughs> just make sure it's out of the frame. Yeah. <laughs> or just sits on the opposite end of the bottles, like, on the podium or whatever. Like, there's a million options. And he'll probably do all of them so that he's not in frame with the Coca-Cola. Yeah. Better. If they're solving problems, they better offer that man a check. He wouldn't even take it. He's got so much money anyways. Uh, unless he it's does, for, but I, I got for for $4 billion. Here's the thing. I'd give him a billion to stop making them cost me $4 billion. That's fair. <laughs> Listen, here's a check with a bunch of zeros. Can you stop hurting me, please? Like... <laughs> And then he goes, sure, and then puts them like to another table. <laughs> yeah. Just stop just stop hurting me is all I want at that point. Like you don't even have to drink the coke. Just stop moving the bottle. <laughs> Please stop hurting me. <laughs> yeah. Stop putting me on the ground when you're doing your interviews. That hurts me more than you ignoring me. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Isn't it? Four billion dollars. Like overnight, the very next day. So silly. I hate the stock market is so dumb. It was imminently attributable to Ronaldinho. I mean, unsurprising, but still funny. It's crazy, man. It's absolutely crazy. Um, there's a lot going on still in pop culture and all of that. Uh, they've announced what? So there's a new comic book coming out, Planet Size X Men. I don't know if it's out yet or not. I don't. I don't know my dates on when. That's they're, they're, they said giant size and like no planet size. Well, that's sort of the point. Is the, in the same way that giant size X Men launched the new era of X Men, planet size X Men takes the very next step. 
it has to already be out because they talk about it in the uh, issue of Swords of X that I have. So it's got to be out already. Um, they go ahead and they terraform Mars and declare it a mutant planet. Ooh. So the issue, the Planet Size X-Men is about them literally developing and taking over their own planet. Yeah, take that, Elon Musk. He's probably a mutant. <laughs> I mean, to me, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess, I, I don't know. I feel like there's, there's like, enough teleporting mutants that can go far enough, but I'm like, is it, though? Well, and they're still using the Krakoa flowers and all that, too. Yeah, like, well, but they hard. They also terraform it, though. So now they can just walk around and breathe there. Like, they don't have to do anything now. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. They've given themselves a planet. Also, it gives them a really convenient way to move the... Okay, so the outcome from the Swords crossover thing, uh, at the end of it, Apocalypse, uh, the two sides can each name a mutant to trade teams, basically. Uh, the island of Araco named Apocalypse is the person they wanted to have come stand with them. And Apocalypse named the mutant island of Araco as the mutant to go with X-Men. That's funny. So the island literally full of everyone was now the like twin island of Krakoa. Uh, so these like war-born mutants that are even more tougher and more powerful than the X-Men and all this kind of stuff. So they're the ones who are going, that are living on Mars now. Uh, like, they don't even understand humanity. That's I guess that's fair, but also probably not a good thing. I I think it's a convenient way to to kind of deal with these characters that you can't have, like unless you're going to use Araco mutants in storylines, which they clearly haven't so far. Like this is obviously where they have to go, right? Yeah, I don't know. Just definitely feels like this is going to be a big deal later, where they're just going to all right now we're invading Earth. <laughs> Well, I, I listen, I don't think the humans are going to be okay with it. Um, what do they care? They're on Mars. But to humans, Mars was always theirs. I mean, the humans own everything, right? Like, the mutants know. can't go to Mars. That's not fair. I want to live on Mars. I was going to live on Mars one day. I hadn't done it, but I was totally going to. Right, yeah. It definitely, I didn't even think about even traveling there in my lifetime, but I was definitely going to live on Mars. Right. And so, I mean, that's kind of the, I definitely pivots the next step where intentionally, unintentionally, it's an escalation. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. It's going to make it harder for humans to be like, oh, it's okay. Let the humans do whatever they want. They now have a planet. Although, to be fair, they had Safe Harbor and Shi'ar already, so. Yeah, they could have left any time they wanted. (laughs) I think that's sort of, I don't know, like, or is it, yeah, they're already over there, so, I don't know, it is what it is. I don't know, maybe also, CR was like, nah, I don't want, I don't want brain chain guy, it's kind of weird. Well, and also, that's Charles Xavier's daughter is the queen now. Oh. It's him and Lalandra's love child. Look at that. So, I mean, it's, it's all, it's all going in certain directions, it appears. I was going to live on Mars. So now they live in Mars. That's something. That's something terrifying to me. Um, yeah, like where do you go from here? I don't. I mean, I don't know. Like, what do you think? What do you think is 
definitely feels like we're going to put all the bad, bad, quote, quote, bad guys. Or like the other group of them. We're going to put them on Mars. We're going to ignore them for a little bit. And then they're going to come back with the human hatred's vengeance of a thousand suns and try and kill everyone. Maybe. Maybe. It doesn't feel like that's too out of the way. I mean, unfortunately. Um, but, like, it is interesting. So, like, in this preview of whatever, there like, there's a conversation between Magneto and Nova where they're, like, talking terms of, like, what's next. You know what I mean? Because, like, Nova's, like, well, I protect the whole galaxy. Like, what are y'all doing taking Mars kind of a thing? Yeah, they're like, well, it's close. Yeah. Well, it was nearby, so that was nice. No one was, no one was on it, I, I think. <laughs> is this where we? Is this where we get the secret ancient beings on Mars? Oh, I'm sure that's next. But uh, more importantly than that, though, like, like the Martians and in Invincible, you're like, right? Weird. But if they're going to be space, like, if you're going to go out in space, if you remember, one of the rules of of House of X of Krakoa is no AI is allowed to survive. Yes, it's saying you have to get to space without using AIs. So now they're going to be in space, and now they're going to, I mean, are they going to go after AI civilizations? Like, are the Korean AI-based civilization because they use the supreme intelligence? Ooh, that definitely feels related. So to me, I think there's a lot of, I think it's interesting. It makes the mutants an interesting player in all of this, but I also, I wonder... You know, keeping in themes with the House of X, Powers of X uh, storyline, where basically AI is the undoing of mutants. Mutants, and so Maura McTaggart, when she lives the life of Apocalypse's bride, that's the story in Powers of X, where when they discover the date that Nimrod was created, she has Wolverine Killer to relive again, so that she can stop Nimrod from getting made that time too. So, like, they're always chasing the idea of stopping Nimrod. Yeah, because he's gonna absolutely slam them because he's the best Sentinel ever. Also, he has the funniest name ever. Yeah. Why is his uh, name Nimrod? I don't. I don't know. I don't know where they came up with that. That is a weird one. It's not a good name. <laughs> Doesn't it, isn't it that like what you would call someone who's dumb? Um, it's what I would call someone who's dumb. I I mean, it is a slang for that I've I've heard, and I'm pretty sure that didn't come from the X Men comic books. So, <laughs> it's got to be the other way. Yeah. Or it was a word they were hearing and they and they liked it. I don't like sometimes they do that. They appropriate words. Do you hear about this? And then we'll take a break. Michael B. Jordan was uh he he started a rum company with some liquor people and some friends. And the name of it, I think it's Joubert, which is a Caribbean celebration. Mm-hmm. And so he thought it would be cool to name it that. Uh, after the celeb like after the name of this like to celebrate, like thought it'd be a cool homage because it's a Caribbean rum. Except the celebration is based on a day of tragedy when the sugar canes were burning during the slave plantation days. And the slave owners made the slaves go out in the burning sugar fields and harvest as much as they could so that they wouldn't lose all the sugar crop. Um, The surviving slaves were then the following – the slave owners then proceeded to hold a celebration of this year annually. Uh, to celebrate like the heroics of their slaves, so it was supposed to be like a compliment while still being an insult. Um, when slavery was outlawed in the Caribbean, and the and the slave and the slaves became the landowners and became the 
the rum makers and distillers, they continue the tradition of Joubert as like a, as like a taking it back kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still has its roots based in this like cruel moment. And so when he announced that was the name of his new rum, everyone was like, Michael B. And he was like, sorry, folks, my bad. Yeah, sometimes it takes a little bit more of a Google search. Yeah, and you got to think of it. Allegedly, he was doing this with some Caribbean people. Like, did they not know the history of Joubert? I don't know. It also, you know, I always, I always like to think when you're, when you're the, when you're like the most powerful slash richest slash guy who's probably paying everyone to do something, and you go, let's name it this. They're probably gonna go, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, but you've got to have a guy. That, listen, let me, let me be real clear. If we're ever in a room and we're naming something or coming up with a concept. And somebody sees it, it doesn't tell me that, like, hey, this is going to come across as, as just completely insensitive. Like, if I say, hey, let's name it Joubert, and someone doesn't remind me that Joubert is based on how the mistreatment of slaves, I'm going to be a little upset when I come back in the room the next day. That's fair. When I walk back in the room and everyone's like, man, that meeting was crazy. Did you guys see the news break? People are not happy. I'd have been like, and one guy in the room goes, yeah, duh. It's Joubert. I'd have been like, you, Mr. Attitude, where were you yesterday? And how come you're not fired? Because you're fired. And how come you're not fired? Because you should have told me that yesterday, then you wouldn't have been fired. You're fired. Right. But you fired now, for show. Like, I can't have a guy know that it was going to be embarrassing and just let me do it anyway. I don't know. Maybe. Listen, that's, that's literally your only job is to keep me from severely embarrassing myself in ways I don't like. Eh, I only try sometimes. Well, like, I'm comfortable with most of the ways we're going to embarrass me. If there's a way that we're going to embarrass me that I don't like, that's something that we would have to address. That's fair. <laughs> like, there's a lot I can handle, but if it's something that's going to make us look bad in a way where I'm not comfortable looking bad, that's going to be a problem. Yeah, and that's not most ways. Right. Corey eats babies? What? All right, let's talk about this. <laughs> Actually, they're delicious, so. It's not that weird. No, they're tender. They're so tender. Uh, they don't move. It's like veal. Terrible. <laughs> I just like that Bill Maher now has totally embraced that on his show. Because that's the big thing, right? Liberals eat babies or whatever. So, like, on his show now, he literally, once an episode, makes a joke where he's like, I was so, it was... It was so uh, disheartening that no one could even finish their baby at the meal yesterday. Yeah. And I was like, that's pretty good. That was a pretty good line. That was pretty good. It's, it's pretty good. Um, all right, we're going to take a break here. we come back, we're going to do some more of that Nerd Thug Radio. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is a wonderful store located right there on 1488 in Conroe that sells comic books, gaming cards, gaming accessories, board games, as well as all kinds of fun nerd-assorted accessories. This is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio, just reminding you that if you're interested, and if you're bored, if you got some free time, if you wanted to go hang out at an interesting or fun place, The Adventure Begins should be an option you consider. Everything from D&D Adventures League to miniature painting uh, to even competitive card play and even competitive gaming events. All those things occur at The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and more. Interested parties should absolutely check out the Facebook page for more information. This is Rudy Tomjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. 
here right here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations, streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Uh, Nico, go ahead and tell everybody about our friends, The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more is open and at full operating hours. Uh, you don't need a mask if you want to come inside, if you're fully vaccinated, um, but... You know, if you want to be safe, it's always an option. Whatever you'd like to do, they do have curbside and delivery options still available. So they have events rolling up here. I have to get my life together. Here we go. <laughs> so, uh, so, oh, God, what's today? Thursday. No, Friday. Oh, God. Oh, no. Today's Thursday. Right, yeah. So Thursday... That is magic time. So that is the weekly modern meetups. So bring your uh, modern deck. What time uh, tonight? That is at 6 p.m. Oh, okay. All right. Thursday at 6 p.m. Friday at 6 p.m. is Star Wars X-Wing casual meetup. All levels and ages are welcome. Saturday at 2 p.m. is the Pokemon meetup. Saturday at 6 p.m. is the Warhammer tabletop meetups. And also on Saturday at 6 p.m. is more magic time. This is the Commander meetup. So Thursday is Modern and Saturday is Commander. Ooh, and then what is it, Monday? Miniatures again? Yep, Monday Miniatures. So right there at The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and more. There's all kinds of great stuff there. Wonderful staff. Fantastic store. They got all your comic books, all your gaming, your board gaming, your card gaming, all kinds of stuff there. At the Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and more. There you go. Um, okay, so there's a couple stories that I still want to touch on here. Uh, but before we do, we we our personal lives always get... Uh, we've made our personal lives part of this show. Uh, so I will go ahead and announce that the Adventure Begins... Finally did receive my House of X Powers of X action figures. It's happening, baby. It only uh, took nine million <laughs> years. I've been staring at them all afternoon. They're beautiful. They're lovely. Um, I do, in fact, already have them. Um, I it's asked them not like they haven't these. been out for like months at this I point. I know. I asked them after when I got these. I said, so is, is the Age of Apocalypse Wave 2 going to be the same? And he was like, uh, I don't, I don't, I re-, he goes, I really don't know. He goes, Let me double check. I even ordered it, blah, blah, blah. So he sits down, he looks, he sees that you ordered it. I was like, all right, cool. Um, and then we start talking about it. He goes, so you, you've been saying you've been seeing these. And I was like, literally like in person at flea markets for two months. Like, remember when we went to Trader's Village? What was that? Two, three months ago? Yeah. Like yeah, a couple months ago, they were already in stores there. Yeah, used already out of the box. Yeah, so and he was and he was kind of like he kind of did a hard eye roll and was like, "Thank you, Diamond." Um, so yeah, it's tough to say, but you know, we finally did get him in. It's exciting. It's good news, and um, they're they're very pretty. I'm excited about the Age of Apocalypse ones. I had a crazy idea. I need to we I would need to be doing good financially to do this, but I want to buy two cases. So that I could open one whole case to get the Colossus figure. Because that Colossus is just so cool. <laughs> it is the best like costume design for one. <laughs> I love the I love how he has a bandana that like covers his face or eyes. Yeah, but still has his eyes showing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't even know how that works, but like uh, Zorro, but nineteen nineties comic art? Duh. Yeah. Nineteen nineties Zorro, <laughs> but he's a giant middle man. 
He doesn't use a sword. He's a so Russian, like, a yeah. Russian Zoro. Zoro, but with a Russian accent. I don't know. <laughs> Zorad. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, how much time do we have? Uh, we got like ten minutes less than that, somewhere right. on there. So there's two more things I want to get to. First one, just kind of real quick, no uh, news. They released the official image of the uh, Vox Machina season one, the character art. Um, uh, everybody looks great. It looks exciting as Nico falls apart. My um, bones. My bones. My, oh, you know that reminds me of uh, Futurama when they when they unfreeze the guy from the eighties who had bonitis. Oh yeah, <laughs> and he never bonitis. never gets it fixed, and he does the whole greed as Wall Street thing, and he buys all the shares of of uh the delivery company and all that. Yeah. And then when they're going to do the big sell, his bonitis kicks back in. <laughs> oh, my bonitis. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite kind of semi-related Futurama thing is when uh Batman, the brave and the bold had a uh, booster gold on it. Skeets, his little robot is voiced by Fry. <laughs> oh, nice. It's just always something I was like, that's a nice nod. That is. I like that. That's a, that's a clever one. Um. Yeah. In other news, I guess we got to get serious here. Got to put on our serious caps, guys. Uh. So Warren Ellis is returning to comic books. Um. What's he? What's he? What's he known for? I don't. I don't know. So he was a he was a long time comic book writer. He's written some really cool stuff. He's the creator of the Authority and things of that nature. Gotcha. Okay. However, he. Uh, he might have even been the one who did like the 1612 or whatever it was called, 1602, whatever it was, the Marvel thing. Mm-hmm. It was either him or Gaiman, I don't remember. I don't, man, I really don't remember that. I don't remember which one it was. Anyway, so he's a big deal. Warren Ellis is, is a big deal in the world of comic books. However, um, when everyone was coming forward with the, during the Me Too movement, it was kind of revealed that he was a bit of a predator. Uh, I'm being polite when I say a bit. Like, They've got documented like 40 to 60 instances of him trying to groom women, younger women. Uh, he so, he's help, not, so he's not a good guy. <laughs> not a good guy. He would help their careers all the way up until they no longer suited him. And then he would like abandon them, sometimes even sabotage their careers. Um, so awful, man. <laughs> yeah, just overall a bad guy. Uh, however, the people who came forward basically said they didn't want to quote unquote cancel him. But they did want people to know who he was, and they wanted there to be a conversation with him involved about his behavior because they felt like he abused his position of power and his celebrity uh, to kind of fulfill his own weird sexual stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And so instead of doing that, he basically just kind of took time off, took a year and a half off. He was just like, um, I'm out. I'll see I'm you guys. Out. Also, the last project he worked on was the Wildstorm thing, where they tried to relaunch like the authority in the world of the DC that was going on at the time, and it didn't really take off. It was a 20 issue thing, and it, it just didn't work. Um, so he kind of left on a back dud. The Wildcats, baby. That's right. The boot. Uh, so it left on a dud. Uh, also, um, they were at the time they were working on a, on a. Uh, actually, it was a Wildcats relaunch. A Warren Ellis, while it was right after Wildstorm, it was going to be a Wildcats relaunch. It's funny you say that. 
And the artist, Ramon uh, Villab, kind of got behind a little bit. And he publicly owned it. He was like, listen, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm getting my butt kicked on the art schedule here. I'm, I'm behind. Uh, and instead of supporting him, Warren Ellis kind of threw him under the, under the bus in a bunch of blogs and interviews and stuff. Um, and so the title got dropped by DC. It never happened. No, the Wildcats are cursed. It was like the fourth time that Wildcats book didn't happen after it was supposed to. Um, I'm telling you, Corey, they're doing this despite me. <laughs> at one point, I was I was a staunch Wildcat fan, and then I kind of gave up on them because it felt like they were the like the the Pegasus or whatever the unicorns, like the thing you're never going to catch or whatever it is. Um, White whale? I don't, maybe I don't know. I don't I don't know my hunting metaphors, mythical animal hunting metaphors. I don't know them. Um, but so Warren Ellis is coming back with a new book uh, from Image Comics, and people are pretty disappointed about it they they would have liked to have seen something happen some sort of dialogue their disappointed image is the one bringing him back all all kinds of stuff um it's it's a mess though it's a it's a whole situation i don't know how to i I don't know how to i never know how to deal with these situations because to me personally i was never a huge warren ellis fan i didn't there was never anything that i bought just because warren ellis wrote it Mm mm-hmm um, I didn't buy the Wildstorm relaunch. It didn't seem interesting. I didn't think those characters needed to be remade, and they were in the book. It wasn't great. Wildcats um, didn't even happen, so... Um, Don't even care anymore. I'm angry. There were just... Uh, when he's on stuff that's good, it's good. When he's not, it... Like, he's he's not any... To me, he's not, the, he's not a marquee superstar. So like I don't right. understand necessarily the need to bring him back. He is a bestseller. He is he has written New York Times bestselling things. I think he's won awards. He's a big time in certain circles. He's a big time guy. So I, I'm probably short selling him. But I personally have never been like, oh my god, did Warren Ellis write this? Like, um, so I don't know. Like it's tough for me to. I, if a project is good, I can get past the people involved to enjoy the art. I feel like to enjoy the, the project itself. But this definitely creates a bear. Like, it's got to be really good for me to be like, okay, well, this guy's a piece of crap, but I'm still going to check it out. Right. Um, I don't know. How do you feel about stuff like that? Well, I mean, like, I I think it comes down to, like, personal. Because, like, I've always made the case for separating art from artists. Um, So do you still jam the R. Kelly songs? No. Like, uh, because it comes to a certain point, right? Like, there's there's certain, there's like, there's like breaking points where it's like, is it like, did he say something stupid on Twitter 10 years ago and now people are upset at him and he apologized for it? It's like, all right, no, that's fine. I don't care. But if it's like sexually harassing people or grooming people, like that's like a very much like an extremely awful thing to do. And so like, I wouldn't want to support him. So I wouldn't buy or read his books. No, and I think that's fair. I think that that's a. I think it's a fair position for people to take where they're like, "Oh, this guy's a bad guy." Yeah, yeah. You know, if you feel like he is, then yeah, you don't have to give him your money, and I don't think you should. I think everyone should vote that way with their dollar. Right, uh, however, and that's I, and that's really where it comes down to. Where it's like, I like, do I think that he shouldn't be hired ever again? No, but would I support him financially? No. Right, like. Really, what needs to happen is that he needs to find the new equilibrium for his status, right? Like, right. What there needs to be a publisher who needs the bump of Warren Ellis more than they're worried about the bad press, and then Warren Ellis needs to find out how far down the ladder he's fallen, right? Like, 
image right. probably isn't the right place for him to start. Right. I think that's probably like like if it winds up that he winds up on the ninth biggest publisher, but he can he can do whatever he wants there because he's Warren Ellis. I, you know, more power to him. Yeah, and I mean, there's always going to be market for people who you know. Yeah, there's well, going to love... be a Warren Ellis fan club no matter what. Right. Yeah. Oh, I love Warren Ellis. I've bought every book he has. I have them all signed. I'm a huge Warren Ellis fan. Right. That and guy like, is the... not going to care what you say about. Right. Him. Yeah. You know, there's fan clubs for murderers. So you know, like the, someone's this got a fan true. base everywhere. This is true. The uh, the Night Stalker murderer literally had women showing up in court um, to try and marry him. Like, I mean, look, there's going to be someone, no matter how terrible you are, someone's going to be like, yeah, I'm into that. Everyone but me. I don't think it's a personal thing, Corey. You don't have to see my... <laughs> Every, everyone. Maybe I should just be a serial killer. Maybe that's maybe I'm lacking the notoriety to get the women. Maybe. See, it's just that it's not that no one likes you. It's just that not enough people know you. There you go. There you go. I just need to be known by more people. All right. Serial killer it is. <laughs> okay. I'll see you guys later. All right. Go Thanks, guys. Good show. We'll, we'll talk later. I got to go develop a pattern. <laughs> oh, that's sad. All right. Uh, on that note, I guess let's get out of here. No, I do agree with what you're saying, though. Like, there are limits to what each person individually can stomach from people or from artists. And Certain things, listen, certain things are just automatically forgiven. Rob Lowe made a sex tape with uh, an underage girl at the Republican National Convention in like 1988. Uh, True story. And other than like a slap on the wrist and a bit of a news story, it kind of went away. Right. And nobody's nobody's ever been like, Rob Lowe's a pedophile. Like, he hasn't had to deal with that his whole career. He got a little bit of trouble, but he, you know, he bounced back and he's been a working actor for the last hundred years, so he's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do think, I do think there are, I think there's a bit of subjectiveness to it, but I also think there's a bit of judgment used. This person seems like a good person. This seems like a, a weird thing. This yeah, person. And like, feels... and like the, definitely like, I think the remorse argument comes back to it. Cause it's like, well, you know, that was a long time ago. I've really changed my career path or like things have happened versus or... something where they're just like, yeah, I kind of, I, I don't give an F and I'm not going to say sorry ever right and some people have respect for that some people are like yeah don't say sorry yeah we're we're garbage too we understand well and that is my position for comedians i don't think comedians should ever apologize but i think everyone Uh, else is kind of a i think it's a different world uh and i mean so like i mean take take it as you will there's gonna be great i guess if a comedian did something like this i would say apologize right to be clear what i when i say a comedian should apologize i mean for for jokes yeah, no, I, you shouldn't apologize for jokes, but like when it's like this directly affected people and wasn't a part of a comedy set, all right, you should apologize. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's probably the better place to say that. That's the better way to say that. Uh, all right, well, I guess we're gonna wrap it up here. I think we're over a couple minutes. Um, that's fine. We'll we'll, we'll cover. There you go. This is uh, on behalf of little brother Nico and myself, Corey DLG, and the adventure begins. Comics, games, and more. Same nerd thug time. Same nerd thug channel. Keep uh, washing hands, getting vaccinated. You walk around with a. I haven't worn a mask in like three weeks. Yeah, I know it's a crazy feeling, right? It's amazing. It's so cool. Like I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I still, I still wear it when I go to like big box stores because I don't know how few people feel. And I'm like, oh, it's kind of weird. Yeah, I, you know, I was at CarMax and I was very when I was buying my car and I was very like, do I wear it? Do I not wear it? Like some people were wearing it, some people weren't. Some people were looking at me, some people weren't. It was kind of an odd moment. 
but I but I just decided I'm fully committed. I've got the vaccinations. This is why I got them. I got them so that I can move on. I'm moving on. There you go. There it is. All right. Speaking of moving on, we'll see you guys tomorrow at two o'clock with more radio. Hello, Conroe. This is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio. Wanting to let everybody know that there is a comic book convention called Comic Conroe coming July 23rd through the 25th right here at the Lone Star Convention Center. Interested parties should go to facebook.com backslash comic Conroe with two C's there in the middle. And people interested in buying tickets, they're only $35. Kids 8 and under get in for free. Interested parties should also check out using the discount code NTR5 for a $5 savings off their ticket. Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio. Yeah.